Old boy sells up beats. Here we are back again for another week at the barbershop. I am your host, Mark Gray, joined by my NFL co-host, uh, Lamont Jordan. How you doing today, buddy? Good, man. What's going on? Not much, man. Not much. Happy to have you back for another week. Uh, Maryland homecoming. Yes, sir. You got a chance to uh, not only attend the game, but actually call the game on on radio with the legend, Mer- the voice of Maryland, uh, Johnny Holiday. Yes, sir. Um, how was that experience? Man, that was great. I had a ball doing that, man. It's good when you when you could do a play-by-play and your team come away with the win. So, um, you know, I was up there with Tim Strachan. Um, it was my second time ever doing a full play-by-play game. I did Howard Hampton last year uh, with Mark Gray. Mm. Um, it was exciting, man. I'll be, uh, I'm doing a play-by-play for the remainder of the home games this year. So, on my birthday, November 11th, we got Michigan. And then the last that should be a close one. <laughs> yeah, that should be a close one. Uh, um, then uh, we have Penn State last game of the season, so I'm pretty geeked about it. How was the whole uh, atmosphere up there for homecoming? Um, I mean, it was homecoming. It, it, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, stadium full. Live. No, stadium wasn't stadium wasn't full. Um, you know, the, the the fans who were there clearly they enjoyed the game. Um, but the stadium, the stadium wasn't full. I, I would anticipate that when Michigan comes to town, yeah. everybody would love, everybody's going to show up to see them play. Yeah. When uh, when you were a player there, did homecoming mean anything to you, or just another game? <clears throat> it was just another game to me. Um, and '99, it meant something to me because if we had won that that game, I believe we would have qualified for the uh, for a bowl. Uh, but we lost to the Dukies. Lost to Duke. Yeah, we lost. Is that the game you had? You had your three hundred yard game. No, that was against UVA. That was the last game of the season. I think I had like two twenty five against. Didn't you have a big game against Duke one year? No. Yeah, that was that year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I couldn't. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. I remember. Um, you know what's crazy is that every year we say we're gonna go to homecoming and we still get to be in the homecoming game together. No, I've been to homecoming. Like um, yeah, that's no, been me. You've been like like last three. I want to say yeah, last yeah it was raining. I remember, the, I think. the one year we was we were going to go together yeah. and then it, and then it, it was raining. It was pouring. And you, we talked early in the morning. And then we said <laughs> we were going to go, and then you ended up going anyway. And it was pouring. I definitely remember that. Um, just as a whole, what do you think of the Maryland being out there and you seeing it? The football program, the vibe, the homecoming weekend, Big Ten. What did you think of the whole everything? Um, it was good, man. You know, it's it's a it's a transition process, not just with football, but just moving, still moving from the ACC to the Big Ten. Um, I'm still trying to trying to cover up my wounds, stop the bleeding from that. It, it's just it's not the same. I don't like you know, it. It's, it's I don't like it much. I don't like it either. Uh, but it's just one of those things that you know we don't like it. But at the end of the day, what can we do about it? So um, my whole mindset towards it is 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 just accept it for what it is. And uh, I think Coach DJ, you know, he's got the program headed in the right direction. Um, I think we're struggling at the wide receiver position. We pretty much only have one wide receiver out there. Um, so, and, and, and defensively, you know, he, he, he's building that team right from a defensive standpoint. It's just a matter of, of just being patient when it comes to the football program. But as far as the whole homecoming, got a chance to walk around to some tailgates. Uh, got up there early for the game. Uh, you just walk around a random parking lot. And yeah, I just walk people? around. I just walk around the parking lot. Well, yes. Well, for the homecoming game, I kind of knew the area that I was going to. Um, I saw uh, Jermaine Lewis out there, man. Oh, okay. Johnson and uh, 
you know, Lamar Gore was out there, uh, Ronnie Elliott was out okay. there. Um, you know, I saw, you know, <clears throat> it was good to see some, some of your former Through the parking teams. lot? Down there, what, I guess we used to be lot one. I don't even know what they call it now. Yeah, I, I think it is lot one. Back there by the track. Yeah, and yeah. you just walk around. The fans just be surprised what, when they I see you. They, I, don't, I don't think they recognize me. Oh, really? Um, okay. You know, ever since I've lost, lost about 30 pounds. <laughs> Excuse me, it's been hard to recognize, but it was it was fun, man. But it was good to get out there. You know, playing for so many years, you never get a chance to to, to see what the fans go through before a game. Right. Uh, it was definitely some people out there uh, wasted. Definitely. Yeah, that, I, I remember that that used to always be a thing that you used to say when we uh, would all come out there. Is that you never got a chance to tailgate? You mm -hmm. know, throughout the whole thing, we would all come to your games and we'd be out there and having a blast, and you never got a chance to tailgate ever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, whether it be from college all the way up to the through the whole uh, nine years in the NFL, and it is um it is part of the game. You know what I mean? And it and it is um it's fun. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and and it's something like that on college with your school and like you said run into people that you you know you those are names that you know wow i haven't seen gore and you know how long so i mean that is good again we grew up in school wise in the acc so these games would be a uva it would be a duke it would yeah, be a yeah. wake it'd be a clemson mm -hmm. the indiana thing just yeah, just feels weird it, it, it does the, even it, you know indiana or michigan's like that those aren't rivalries you know you can't mm -hmm. say remember when you played it like actually i never played against indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, i never played against this team i never played against those teams so it's like it just loses so much of it and i i still have trouble accepting that we're in the big 10 i, I do i i i, I love the acc and that's still it's like i follow maryland and the acc almost yeah. you know you're yeah. still attached to being in the acc all right, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. What do you want to start with? We got uh, trades, or you want to start with the uh, games? So far, I guess we can. I guess we can go through the games and then mention how the trades affected uh, those games. We can start off right there with the Thursday night game, which was which one was the Thursday night game this week? Uh, Dolphins Ravens. Right. Okay. Yes. Good. I guess let's start right there. The segue. The Dolphins <laughs> got John Carlo. What's up, buddy? The the our Dolphins guy who's been asking all these questions. So a lot of people have been asking, um, is it time to get rid of Cutler and what the Dolphins might look like without Cutler? You know, if they bench Cutler and we go with more, and you know, Cutler getting the blame for all the the Dolphins. So you got your wish list, and you got to see what the Dolphins look like without Cutler. And, um, I mean, I'm not going to this final score was what, 44? Was it 40? 44? Uh, 40 nothing. 40 nothing. Okay. 40 right. love. Right. Exactly. Sound like a tennis score. The, um, the last two touch, the last two touchdowns happened within less than a minute. Um, I, I went to the bathroom. They were, they looked like they were getting ready to go for the celebration up 20 nothing. Mm -hmm. And then bam, came back from the bathroom. <laughs> it was 40 to nothing. You know, I was like. Goodness gracious, that was fast. But the Dolphins' offense is awful. Mm -hmm. And now we saw it's not just uh, Jay Cutler, right? Like, I think the play calling is awful. Um, everything. It, 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 it's just awful. I was reading today a lot about as, as a die got traded today to the Eagles for a fourth-round draft pick. Um, last year, a die had coming out party. But if you really followed a die, it was... One or two huge games, like a 200-and-something-yard game. Um, and in those huge games were huge gains. Mm -hmm. He had six carries of 25 yards or more last season. We're now at the halfway point, and he had zero. Mm -hmm. um, his coaches accused him of not getting the, the, the tough two or three yards because he's too busy searching for, for the home run. Um, they said the Dolphins coach has fallen out of favor with him and his reluctancy to just 
follow out the assignment instead of looking for the big hits. Um, I'd imagine you can mm-hmm. tell us is that a lot of that has to do when the offense is struggling. You do want to make up. You, you start pressuring yourself to make something happen mm-hmm. because you consider yourself a playmaker. Um, you wake up this morning after getting beat soundly by a Ravens team that you know had almost was struggling. One would say, and their offense was inept. All of a sudden, they get beat by them, and it's like overnight the Dolphins, who we were talking about for the last couple of weeks, is you know fighting for the one of those last playoff spots, decide that they want to trade their their their, their starting running back. They were shopping their uh, number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like they just decided enough is enough. Um, go ahead and just speak to, to that. Well, <clears throat> as a back, I can understand. First of all, I understand where the coaches are coming from, where he's not picking up the tough two or three yards. Um, that's something that I went through when I was in New York, and it was also something that I went through when I was in Oakland. Um you know, but I went through that as a back that, hey, you know, I may get a carry here and I may not see another carry for another week or two. So you're not trying so, to get two so yards. I'm trying, I mean, so uh, already I'm not in the proper mind. Uh, I'm not in the proper frame of mind because I'm out there thinking that, OK, well, the only way I'm going to get more playing time is to is to make the big run. Right. With that said, he's the starting running back who they feature him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if if. if you know, it, it could be a number of things. I know I heard earlier today, and I know that throughout his career, this is why he 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 was drafted lower than than anticipated, was because he has the, he has some issues going on with his knees. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if it has more to do with the fact that hey, you know, let's go ahead and trade him, get him out of here, because maybe they just don't have confidence that he's gonna that he's gonna be healthy enough, and and so that's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, with that said, you know, he's going to the Eagles. What if you're in that Dolphins locker room today and you wake up and start running backs gone? Mm-hmm. Your Landry was almost gone. Uh, you just got beat by 40 points. Uh, what what message are you sending? Like, I mean, is it give up mode? Is it uh, we better buy in mode? Is it threaten mode? Is it this ship is sinking? Let me what let me start thinking about what I'm going to be doing next year mode. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what I think any competitor. You you look at where you are. You're a game out of first place, right? So, <laughs> but but then so, does that make you say we're a game out of first place and they're getting rid of people? Well, you don't know what you don't you don't you don't know. Here's another angle you have to look at: is you also have to you have to wonder. Okay, what was his teammates? How did his teammates feel about him? You know, all of these things play a factor. And and, and if you're a player on that team and you, and and you see that a die got traded, if you're a player who you didn't agree with that then you have to say to yourself that, you know, hey, any one of us can be out of here at any time. With that said, you're going to find out about the Dolphins players that they have. Okay, are they guys who realize that, hey, the head coach in this organization is serious. They're looking for they're looking for certain types of guys. Um, and so we're going to find out about the Dolphins players coming up here. Because, you know I mean, you're a game out of first place, and, and you're in third place in your division. All right, you're in third place in your division, and I believe the team that's above you uh, the Buffalo Bills, they're playing the Jets. If you're the Miami Dolphins right now, your focus has to just be on your next opponent, and which is the Raiders. The Raiders are coming to town. You're playing on Sunday night football. So all of that has to go. you, you got to push all of that to the back burner. You have a struggling Raiders team coming to your home team. Um, and you're in a position where you can legitimately make it to the playoffs this year. So your focus has to be on just going out there and playing. I don't ever really recall remember a situation where a team was only one game out and then you started training state trading star players mm-hmm. like I, I, I never really say that I, I've seen that before where 
you know, the, the team's leading running back. Normally when you hear about trades midseason, it's rebuild. Now, you know what? Here's the flip side of that is that we, neither, none of us would be surprised if at the end of the year, like I said, the Dolphins have five wins. It might have just been that they got four or five of them out the way early, you yeah. know. So, so we don't know if they, they still might in their head be in rebuilding mode. It's just that they had a little bit more earlier success. Now, a fourth-round draft pick isn't, as a fan, I've always felt like teams put way too much stock into these draft picks in terms of, like, I'll give you a contributing player right now for, like, a six-round draft pick. And six- and seven-round draft picks, nine times, don't even make the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when Randy Moss left the Oakland thing, and it was, like, a fourth-round draft pick. And it's like, really? A third, you know, fourth-round draft pick? Mm-hmm. These guys are just regular dudes versus stars. So, I mean, what would possess you to give, I mean, you know, a fourth-round draft pick for your starting running back? Mm-hmm. That That just sounds like... Just get him out of here. That's that's what that sounds like to me. Get him out of here. Yeah, and I, I think it has more to do with his knees than anything. And you also have to you also have to look at it from this perspective. Maybe they have confidence in the guys who who are behind him. You know, I mean, granted, he had a, he had a, he's had a, he had so for, from what I see, he's he's a dangerous running back. But we really won't know. Um, I like to see what he does with the Eagles. That's what I was going to say. And then, so what what is this on the other side? Is Quinn? What does this do to the Eagles? And again. Um, we're, we're teaming him again with uh, like Garrett Blunt. So now you have two big backs. Mm-hmm. Um, Ajay is, is, is obviously better in uh, pass protection and and in, um, and catching the ball out the backfield. But now the Eagles, who lost Sproles, and you know I guess their their plan was to have Sproles, <coughs> Blunt, and Smallwood. You lost Sproles, who was the dynamic pass catcher and the scat back, and you pretty much just been going with Blunt and Smallwood. Now you add Ajay. I'm assuming. Let's assume that Blunt. Takes the back seat to a jive. That's what I would imagine. The Eagles, who have already been top five, maybe make an argument for the best team in the NFL so far, that you add another weapon like that. What is that doing for the Eagles? It does a lot for the Eagles, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and that's why I say we'll find out. We'll we'll find out with the Eagles. And for me, um, you know, I don't. I, I haven't had a chance to really pay attention to to him in pass protection. So I really don't know what type of pass protector he is. But playing for the Eagles, we're going to find out. I don't think that uh, that Legarrette is going to take a back seat to him in Week One or Week Two, just for the simple fact that a die has to come in and learn offense. You have to learn the protections, things of that nature. So if he starts this week. Then that tells me that he's a guy that's come in. He's learned the protections. The the Eagles feel confident with him. But I think Legarrette, at least for the, I think that it's his starting job until really until he loses it. I think a die behind Legarrette is is those two together is a is it's a it's a, that change of pace that you're going to get with those two. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. It just to me, it just made the Eagles a lot stronger. Eagles are getting weapons, man. I mean, you got Jai, you got Blunt, you got. Torrey Smith and, and Alshon Jeffries, who, as far as I'm concerned, still haven't even reached what they were supposed to do, especially mm-hmm. Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith literally has done nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't believe that Torrey Smith was only 29. Suddenly he's been around so long. Mm-hmm. I, felt like, I felt like he was older than that. But, I mean, you got Nelson Aguilera, Torrey Smith, um, Alshon Jeffries, Nalagarabunt, Smallwood, Ajay. I mean, uh, Ertz. Who out of the blue is the Gronkowski of the of the uh, NFC? Or, you know what I mean? Uh, like Eagles got weapons, man, and and the NFC should be on notice. They how this before this, I would have said the Eagles are probably the team to beat, and I think this kind of just puts a stronghold on that, right? I, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, 
the Eagles became the team in the NFC East. I'm sorry, in the NFC. I'll put them as number two. I, I still have, now that Green Bay's got hurt, you know what my stance is on Seattle. Right. You know, okay. So, so, got so, you. So to Forgot me, about Seattle. To me, it's, it's Seattle and the Eagles. And, you know, the, the, the Seattle has two losses. The Eagles have one loss. Mm-hmm. And so, and the Eagles one losses to Kansas City, and the Eagles one losses to to Kansas City, to, which to, to probably one of the, one of the top five teams in the national yeah, absolutely. football league. So, um, you know, the Eagles, the Eagles, they picking him up. That that's 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 huge for them because you, like you said, they already have weapons. That gives them another weapon. And when you're talking about moving into November and December and possibly playoff playoff football, you want to have big backs. And they so do. The Eagles, and they, they, have, they have two big backs. And uh, it's just going to be very interesting to see. Two big backs, a tight end, and three receivers. Yes. And, but now the thing with Adon is that he's coming into an offense where they do a lot of hurry-up. A lot of their success is out of the hurry-up. All right. And as a back, like I said, when he comes in there, he has to learn these protections. Wentz, he does a great job of, 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 of commanding the offense. The last thing you want if you're the Eagles is to bring in a guy that Wentz has to take his eyes off of the defense and to, to make sure he's communicating with your running back. So these are all things that you have to pay attention to. But if I'm a die, I'm happy to get out of Miami. I, I, I mean, tell me, I go from Miami where I'm in a division with the Patriots to now I go to uh, the Eagles where they're at the top of uh, in the NFL. Yeah, and now that the, now that you got a struggling Redskins team, <laughs> Giants team that's already out, and the Cowboys are now just lost Zeke mm-hmm. for six weeks. So Eagles, Eagles are sitting good. AK, what's good, buddy man? I know you uh wonder what you, I know you're an Eagles fan. Wonder what you got to say about uh this is the best chance I've seen the Eagles have since you know the heyday of the McDonald, uh, the, excuse me, the McNabb, the McNabb era. Uh, you Eagles fans are top up there with some of the most annoying and delusional fans. But for for the first time in probably a decade, I, I think that you're. Your claim that you guys have a shot at the Super Bowl is legit. It is. It is absolutely legit. And um, again, barring the Seattle situation, um, which we'll get to later. Yes, I, I think that the Eagles are one, if not one, A in the NFC right now. And with and with depth and Carson. And the thing is, is that they're not predicated. While they have lots of talent, it's not like the Cowboys situation where it's Des Bryant or Zeke, where it's like if you lose one of them, mm-hmm. to drop like Aguilera is good, Alshon is good, and Troy. So it's like. Losing one of them wouldn't be detrimental. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And I think so many times that's what happened to the Cowboys is that the Cowboys would be so good and top heavy, and then it's like Roma goes down, Dez goes down. It's like oh, okay, maybe they're not as good as we thought, you know, because those the top guys are so so good. But the Eagles now, I mean, if you lose Blunt, you have a job. If you lose a job, you have Blunt. If you lose Aguilera, you still have Alshon Jeffrey. So I mean, the Eagles are deep and and and, and talented. As- aside from losing uh, Carson Wentz. They, they they look like they're sitting pretty, and the NFC East just got easier with uh with Ezekiel Elliott getting this six game suspension. Yep, and um to to Alvin's question, um for the most part it should take a week to to learn pass protections, but you you don't know it, it really it, it just it's a matter of the terminology. You know when I was with the Jets, we had that West Coast system going from the Jets to North's offense, learning the protections. Um, you know why? Like I, I've said this before, I picked it up quick, but there were some there were some differences that were significant. So it really comes down to how fast, uh, you know, how fast can he learn pass protection? How much does he un- understand pass protections as a whole? Uh, will dictate 
uh, how fast he picks him up. And another thing is playing against a 3-4 defense when you're talking about pass protection can be very, very tricky. Declaring who a down man is, especially when they start moving guys around. So these are things that, these are things that he has to pick up on. But with that said, the Eagles will have a game plan in place for whoever their next opponent is. And if he could just sit down and learn those protections, then he can get in there. But when you're trying to protect in a hurry-up offense, you know, you have to be sure about yourself. And that's the thing that I'm, that I'm interested in seeing when it comes to a die. One of our um, Dolphins fans there says that um, Ajayi was known for missing his uh, blitz protections. Well, if he's known for missing this protection, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, he won't be on the field. Um, when he ain't gonna be on the field, when Wentz, <laughs> right, I mean, right? You know, Wentz, Wentz to me is when you're talking about, you know, once Brady leaves and Aaron Rodgers leaves, you're talking about Wentz. As far as I'm concerned, he's number one. When you're talking about that next level, that next class of 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 quarterbacks that's coming along. So I'm gonna tell you right now, for right now, Wentz is on. Wentz is Tom Brady in Philadelphia. You can go out there; they don't care how well you can run the ball if you can't protect. You're a leader. You're not going to play. Alvin is talking about losing Peters is scary. I would 100% agree. If that is the one player, I would say that was not replaceable in Philadelphia is, is losing Peters. Uh, you, you never want you never want to lose an offensive lineman of that caliber. Um, that I, that I do agree with you on 100%. That is he is not just another player by any stretch of the imagination. He's, uh, I mean, going into the season, I'm, most were saying that he was the most important person on that offense uh, outside of the quarterback position. Um, Moving on from that game. Oh, by the way, you've been asking for uh, for a couple weeks now, and I got I got that information for you. Oh boy, based on, <laughs> based on your voice, based you, on your you voice, I'm asking in so, last place. So I'm, I'm going to give you that update. Um, DJ, DJ has 65 wins. I have 60, and you have 59. Last week, DJ went 12 and one, yeah. and I went 11 and two, and you went nine and four last week. Okay. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't. I wasn't looking forward to these numbers because I have gotten to the point about two weeks ago. I felt like every single game I picked wrong. You know what I mean? You're just watching these games and you're like, "Wow, the Chargers shut out the Broncos. Didn't see that one." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like everything you see, you're like, "Did not see that one coming." Mm-hmm. Like, okay, teams that we were picking, like, "Oh yeah, they're you know they're on easy street now." Just bam, losing. You know, Broncos on a three game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all kinds of. It seemed like every game. The Dolphins beating Atlanta in Atlanta. Jets beating teams. I mean, literally the only teams that were consistent every week are the Browns and the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, it's, I don't know what the hell is going on. So I was actually surprised that the records were um, were that good. But you have been asking for a while, so yeah. I wanted to make sure that I got you uh, that. that. Uh, Neil Gordon Ooh, said, yep. should the Go Giants ahead. trade I Eli? I don't think you trade Eli. I, I, think, I, I think that Eli Trade him to who and for what? I mean, somebody would be willing to trade for Eli. I mean, you have to think about this. Now, if you just want to move on past Eli and you're in the process of rebuilding your franchise, which, I mean, right now, that's pretty much the way it looks, then, yeah, you go ahead and take a page out of the Patriots playbook and you see what you can get for Eli. You're going to have to, you you know. It is, let me ask you something. It is a business. Mm-hmm. Do you do that, though? Being what Eli is, and I get it, Eli's best days, which are clearly behind him and, as far as I'm concerned, weren't even that good to begin with. But I mean, you do win two Super Bowls. The guys won two Super Bowls. It's been a face of your franchise for a decade and a half now. I know it's ten plus years. Um, it's been a constant professional. He's done everything. Do you just say thanks? It's been real and get out of here, or do you say he deserves better than that? Um, I, I think it's a situation where you have to look at the hand that Eli's been dealt. You know, you have zero run game. All right. 
for about four or five years now. For about four or five years. Uh, at one point throughout, at one point during this season, your first, second, and third string wide receiver was hurt. And, and you have an way. offensive line that it, is. You have an offensive line that probably couldn't 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 stop good counsel for, yeah. from getting in the backfield. For the best, better part of three years, we've been waiting for the Victor Cruz, OJ, and it never happened. Like just to say that they've been injured. You know what I mean? They got Beckham, which was a blessing in disguise. But it was like you were supposed to pair him with Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz never got healthy. Then finally, you move on for you to release Victor Cruz. Move on. Let's go and get Brandon Marshall, Shepard, and you say, okay, boom. Now we got Brandon Marshall. We got all three of them. Mm-hmm. Out for this season, so now you have no receivers and no running game. Eli can't move to begin with. Mm-hmm. So if we want to talk about not best situations, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the expectations were for Eli anyway. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, in those situations, unless you're Tom Brady in New England, mm-hmm. that's the only t- situation I've ever seen. And, and you know, in Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, in your, you know, <coughs> those are the only type of things I ever hear where you lose that much productivity mm-hmm. and just keep moving. Yeah, um, with, with Eli, I, I think you just keep Eli. Unless, like I said, unless you're just trying to move on and you're in the process of rebuilding your franchise, um, you know, if that's the situation, then you trade Eli. What right. about this year, draft coming up? Draft Because here's another thing, is that I think Eli, again, like we said, great con- uh, professional. I would, love no- I would love nothing more than you get a guy in the second round and he learns from Eli for two years. Yeah, and that's, and that's another thing, you know. I think you keep Eli, and, and I agree with you. You keep Eli, you draft his replacement. You know, you don't just move on from Eli Manning without having a quarterback in place. And, yes, Eli, um, you know, he struggled in the last couple of years, but at the end of the day, that's the only quarterback that has ever beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And he got you twice. Two, and twice. And he's got you two. So he, you know, if you're the Giants, you have two Super Bowl rings because of Eli. And, and you also have to remember one of those years, Eli in the fourth quarter was just lights out. Week now, after week. Let me ask you this. In an ideal situation, you'd like for management and Eli to get on the same page and mm-hmm. say, hey, your career is coming to an end. Let's, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. In the next two years, we're going to draft, you know, da-da-da, are you on board? Or do you just say, man, you've been paid. You've been doing. It is what it is. Thank you. We're going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, 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 do you, what would you like to see the organization do? Them? Get on the same page and come up with a plan so that Eli and then understand what's going on. But, I mean, if anybody knows, it's the Manning family after what Peyton Manning did to Indianapolis. And they said, I mean, it's been great, but mm-hmm. new day, time to move on. What, I mean, what, what would you like the, the Giants and Eli to do? Well, I think it really comes down to Eli Manning. Uh, okay. I really think it's just that you sit down and you have a conversation with Eli. You know, hey, how do you feel? You know, do you know? Do you want to be here? Would you like to be traded somewhere else? I think that that's something that Eli. I, I think that's something that Eli has earned. With that said, um, you know, you don't you don't you don't get rid of your franchise quarterback. You you just don't do that, especially when you've given him no run game. I mean, I had the Giants winning this division, and and if you look at if you look at the NFL this year. You know, things may not go well for the Giants now, but they may make some moves on the offseason and get things together. And and next thing you know, they can compete in the NFC East for next year. So you, you keep what's solid in place if you're in New York. You keep Eli. You draft a player that can learn from Eli. Um, but outside of that, I think it's the situation that you do with the, just like the Redskins. You don't know what's going to happen with your quarterback situation two or three years from now. So what you do is you make sure you have solid players in place in the event that you that you struggle at the quarterback 
that at, at the event that you that you struggle at the quarterback position. Uh, Neil Gordon says Jackson need a quarterback, and so does Denver. I don't see Eli Manning going down to no Jacksonville. Uh, you said it's a business. That Manning family is a business family. So I'm not going to leave New York and go right. down to Jacksonville in the middle of absolutely nowhere. On a team that's never won anything. On a team that's never won anything. But with that said, they have been just a quarterback away mm -hmm. from, from seriously competing. Denver would be a good look for Eli. I think I Denver Eli, Eli probably. I think. I mean, excuse me. I think Peyton owns like half of uh, Denver. Yeah, anyway, you so. know what? Denver would be a great fit for Eli. So if if you're going to do that, you know, if if I'm Eli, if I want to get out of New York, you trade me to somewhere who I can actually compete. I'm not trying to come in there and have to go through a rebuilding situation. Right. Like oh yeah, said, absolutely. But with that said, um, with that said, uh, I, I think that. Coughlin, Coughlin is where's Coughlin at? Coughlin, is, Coughlin is he's he's got a uh, he's, man, he's, he's a managed position. Exactly, that's Jackson. why he was talking about Jackson. No, once right. again, like we said, we're talking about a business. We're talking about the Manning family. How much you know the endorsements that you get and and, and, and the publicity that you get in New York, you know Jacksonville isn't even in the same hemisphere. No, 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 no. It's almost a different country. Yeah, and then and then here's another thing that you have to think about if you're Eli. Do you want to follow in your brother's footsteps? And in order to make the playoffs, I mean, to make the Super Bowl, you have to go through Tom Brady. I'm not sure if that's something that you that that. that if anybody can say, I'm not scared of Tom Brady. It's him. I understand that, but you also have to realize that Eli Manning the, with the same de that defense, that Giants defense mm -hmm. with the Talladega packages, mm -hmm. is the Denver's defense. Denver, yes. I'm thinking about Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Jacksonville, Jacksonville right. No, no. Jacksonville. I'm talking about Denver. Now, with Denver, that's right. why I said Denver is almost the same thing. Denver will be a great look for Eli because right. you have an offensive line, you have a run game that's going to support you, and you have wide receivers out there. And you got defense. All right, yeah, you have defense. Great so defense. I think, I think that would be a good look, but I don't think I, I don't think Eli is going anywhere. Okay. Um, Vikings, Brown, London. Um, another game. Didn't even realize that the, uh, they were out there in London. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the whole London thing? I don't like it. I don't either. If I'm a home, if I'm a home, if I'm if I'm put it this way, if I'm playing for the Jets, all right, and we have a home game, and we have a home game against the Patriots, I want to play at home. Right. I don't want to go over to London. Right. I don't want to have to go over to London. You just basically you just took a home game away from us. So and disrupts your whole week. And and it just disrupts your whole week. I, I you know that whole London thing. You know you you said business. You know the NFL is a business. So they you know they're doing they're doing whatever they have to do to try to. Expand but I just don't business. think it's happening. Like I I don't know the books, so I mm -hmm. I don't know. But I the NBA when they started going global, you felt it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you you were like, wow, you know, there's European players coming. Just, like, if you 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 would you would see in the magazine, you see German people mm -hmm. die hard, know every single player. And I've, I have not got the feeling that the NFL is any more popular outside the U.S. than it was five years ago. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you go over to London, you go into other places, mm -hmm. and when I see the games, it's military people. There's, they're Americans who just happen to be stationed in London at the yeah. time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't think that... There's this overwhelming fan base in, in the outside of the United States that's saying, "Man, you know, I'm tuning in to watch to watch the uh, football." Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I, and again, I, I don't know the numbers, like you said. Right, but the concept that you're taking somebody's home game away for mm -hmm. it—that I mean, it's very far. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen a record of of hangovers teams coming back from that and what's happened to them ever since then. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, for the first time, they seem to be better. I remember at one point, all the games were awful. Mm -hmm. 
right? They were, you know, I mean, they play at 9 o'clock in the morning. We just had that conversation last week about time adjustments. I mean, you couldn't ask for a bigger time adjustment than that. Um, the field, I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I'm just not. I think the London thing, you, you would be better off just making that a preseason thing. Yeah. If you want to see yeah. two teams are now right. the player, if I had to go out to London during preseason, great. Where did you go? Was it China? Where did you, you go? went to Tokyo. Tokyo. That was, I think that was for, for the American Bowl. And it was um, you and the you were on the Jets and Jets in Tampa Bay. And um, how did I not make that? The um, <clears throat> what was your feel over there in terms of the fans? Did the fans seem like yeah, wow, fans, this is the least? The fans and they enjoyed it. I mean, you know, it was you, you know the fans were screaming and, and you know it was loud. You know they they were into it. Um, when you walk the street, I'm trying to remember. This would have been early in your Jets game, so mm-hmm. what? Maybe Chad Pennington or somebody like that would have. Mm-hmm. Like, did did it feel like people were Chad Pennington fans in Tokyo or no? I, no, you know, right? I went. We went out. I went out one night there, and we went. I guess it was downtown uh, Tokyo, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is just like New York City. It was just all the lights just looked like Times Square. Mm-hmm. People just all over the street. I mean, you got your hustlers. You got I me. Mean, everything. It, it it literally felt like in that part that we were in New York. But your mindset, it, it, you know, the mindset for it was it was preseason. Nobody knew had a clue who any of you were, though, did they? No, no. I mean, you know, shh, not even sure how many people out there actually spoke English. <laughs> right. You know. Right, so, right. but it was one of those things where you know, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go across seas to play a football game, I think that you make that. Uh, a preseason thing. You don't rob the fans. I, mm-hmm. I think what you're doing as the NFL, what you're doing is you're saying, well, we want to make money. Because I guarantee that that, that whole London thing is putting money in the pockets oh, yeah. of, of, of NFL owners, of whoever it is. But at the end of the day, it's not putting money in the pockets of the, of the players. It's taken away from the fans. If I'm a home team, if I have season tickets and my team has to play in London, I have a problem with that. It's, the whole thing it stems from the basketball and what the NBA did and how they were able to quadruple their market by going overseas. Basketball is such an easier sport to follow mm-hmm. and play than football mm-hmm. that if you take a basketball, you can take your mom who doesn't know anything about a basketball, mm-hmm. take a basketball game, and she can understand that LeBron is really good. Mm-hmm. And she can understand that Steph Curry, wow, that's amazing. You take your mom or somebody who doesn't know anything, you take her to a football game, she doesn't have a clue what's going on. It's so much harder to follow. There's, I, there's people I know, like my dad has been watching football now for about 10 years, still ask questions. Okay, so what exactly does that mean? What, you know, what is it like? So the idea that you just casually are going to catch on, the, your football, you either watch it, fully watch it, grew up watching it to understand it, or you, it's not a fan, it's not a sport that you just casually watch. So I, I don't think that you can go to these other places and be like, hey, watch football, because it, it, it doesn't resemble anything. Yeah. You know, there's so many rules. There's, I mean, so, so, so many rules. So it makes it that much harder to just, it's huge right here in the United States. Just be happy with that. Yeah, and, and um, the Miami fan, you know, he said that they had to give up a, um, a home game in exchange you get a Super Bowl in Miami. Once again, that's good for business. Seems like the Super Bowls in Miami like every five years anyway. It, I mean, exactly. <laughs> so, it's, you know, that's good for business, but once again, if you're a fan... Okay, so we're going to give up a home game. Uh, you know, we're going to give up a home game for in exchange for you get a Super Bowl. Unless you have a small business or unless you have a business down there, you're not benefiting from the Super Bowl being in Miami. So if I'm a fan, I you know I, I want my home game. Yeah, and, no, and so you get the Super Bowl, but there's no guarantee that your team is even going to be in the Super Bowl, and you're in the same division. With, with, you have to go through Tom Brady. 
to win your division to even get into the position to win a Super Bowl. So I've never been a fan. I, I've never been a fan of those London games. And the game itself, um, the Vikings go to six and two. The Browns go to another yet another zero and eight um, start. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about this. The Vikings are moving along. I guess at this point in time, you're just biding time to see if um, when you can get Bridgewater healthy and try and get him back out there on the field. I mean, six and two is sitting pretty. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers, so you'd almost have to say that you guys are in the driver's seat for uh, the division. The, the, the Detroit is there, but. Six and two, you know, you write your own ticket. If you can get Bridgewater healthy, um, Diggs came. This was his first game back. Didn't do much, but get healthy and, um, and and keep moving. That's all. I mean, the Browns. It's just more of the same, really. I don't, I don't know what else there's to say about about that. Yeah. Uh, well, the Browns they had that movie drafted <laughs> every week. Every <laughs> week. week. Every week. Um, Bills Raiders. The Raiders now a team that many people. Predicted most people. You'd be hard pressed to find anybody who had the greatest losing five games on the season, mm -hmm. let alone five out of the first eight games of the season. Um, the Raiders, it um, the wheels are falling off, right? I mean, they uh, you can we can erase one win maybe. Oh, excuse me, lost because Sekar wasn't there. But other than that, the, the Raiders have not been even close to what was expected of them this season. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. Um, with that said. Uh, I really don't have much to say about Oakland because I mean you you pretty much said it all. Um, you know I'm looking at this game. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills. I'm looking at Tyrod Taylor who was 24, 27. And he looked good too. And he looked good. Doing he looked good. He looked Sean good. Sean McCoy, 27 carries, 151 yards. You know these are the things that I'm looking at. Um, so I, I, I'm more so paying attention. For me, this game is all about the Buffalo Bills. The Raiders, since the Raiders have lost to the Redskins, um, which now that Redskins win over Oakland really isn't looking like much because of what Oakland has done since then. I think this game was all about <clears throat> this game was all about Buffalo and let's say for the sake of argument that somehow the Raiders do get it together and, and they make a push. What you're looking at right now is you just lost a game that may knock you out of the wild card race by losing to the Buffalo Bills. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Buffalo beat them up from from, from Every aspect of the game, if you saw this game, uh, the turnovers. Derek Carr is a guy that many people were expecting to be in the MVP race this year. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't happened. And there's been a lot of turnovers. And when you watch the passes, it just doesn't look like he took that next step. And I feel like so many times we get these guys in the second and third year and they're really looking good. And then just when we crown them to go to that go past this class and go to the next class. Like, it's like in college, it's like, yes, you get, you know, you finish your associate's degree, now go to the 300 and 400 level classes, man, you're doing really, really good, and then you get to the 400 level class, and it's like, whoa, you know, whole different ball game up there, and <coughs> so many times, and that's why I always say, let's, let's chill out on, on crowning this person that, like, Derek Carr, yes, he looked very good in the, in the first few years, and, and all signs pointed to that. Mm -hmm. But as we get into that next level, and that's what also makes those Drew Brees, the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, that, that much, so much more special is that they do it every single year mm -hmm. and always have. You know what I mean? And Derek Carr and his teams are starting to focus on you. There's more and more film out there on you. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're taking a step back. Mm -hmm. This not to say that Derek Carr can't go forward and be well, but this is certainly not what we were hyped up. This is not what we were expecting. Um, the Raiders' offense looks eh. Mm -hmm. At best, uh, we had Amari Cooper fall off the face of the earth for three weeks in, in a row. Mm -hmm. um, they just look 
rough, and Buffalo beat them up all across the board. They did. When you think about the Raiders' season, I mean, to be honest with you, as far as I'm concerned, I think that they are a couple of drops away from having a better record. You know, when you're a quarterback and you're throwing the ball and you have wide receivers dropping, and now all of a sudden, you know, you drop one pass, okay, we can come back to you. But when you're dropping two and three passes, now all of a sudden I can't really count on you. I can't depend on you. Is that what we're saying right? We'll get to that later. Is that what we're saying right here with Terrell Park? Oh, yeah, Terrell. Uh, you know, Once you drop the ball, he got over, yeah, he got over, first of all, he got overpaid yeah, to begin with. Um, he had, but, he's had, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the Redskins. But I think that, you know, it, it's kind of. No, I, I can't put Terrell Pryor and the, the, the Raiders wide receivers in the same category because you're talking about guys who've played wide receiver from college and their whole pro career opposed to a quarterback who is changing positions. What right. Terrell Pryor is going through right now is expected, especially when you drop two passes. With that said, um, you know he's still young, and I still think that he has an upside to him. What the Raiders wide receivers have done this year has just been downright disappointing. Right, they can't so. drop dimes. Right. I mean, these passes that the Raiders have dropped, they have killed momentum. Mm -hmm. You know, the Raiders would have more wins if they wide receivers that just did a better job of, of catching the ball. And you have to look at the fact that Carr got hurt also. You know, I think the Raiders, I think the Redskins put the blueprint out on Carr. Um, switch your coverages. At the snap of the ball, he has a hard time reading those things out. Um, it's time to start taking Buffalo serious, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I pick, I, I remember when Buffalo played played Atlanta. I remember picking Buffalo over Atlanta. Um, Buffalo is serious. They're healthy now. You know, they they. And if you're Buffalo, um, you know, you have to love where you are. Uh, just just this entire season. I mean, you put up thirty four points. Uh, so that's saying, and, and I read this, the stats about uh, Taylor and McCoy. Those guys are producing. But when you look at the stats of what the Raiders are doing, their guys just aren't producing. So I would have liked to still see with this Buffalo team that they're doing well and they're winning and that Sammy Watkins. Yeah, but you know what? <clears throat> when they had Sammy Watkins, they weren't winning. Yeah. Sammy Watkins is gone. They're winning. So that's one of those situations where uh, when we talk about a die, you know, you really don't know what's going on within the organization. You don't know if guys are locker room issues. You don't know if guys are me, me, me guys, you know, let me get the ball. Um, you know, with that said, I'm happy for the Buffalo Bills. I'm happy with I'm happy with where they are and and with Buffalo doing what they're doing and and, and Miami and the Jets. All, you know, that whole division just looks better this year. That it does. Um, Colts, Bengals. Uh, again, Colts, you know, rebuilding. They say that Andrew Luck, three weeks in a row, hasn't practiced now. Um, it looks like the team leaders are just saying what we've been saying all along, that we're not going to be seeing Andrew Luck again this year. Um, Colts, essentially, in a uh, throwaway rebuild year. Um, the Bengals go up against this Colts team. This Colts team was actually winning until um, Bichette throws a pick six to win the game. The, 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 the record's going to say that they won by one point. Um, again, the Colts... Are a struggling team that is not good. The Bengals beat them by one point on a pick six at home. Mm -hmm. Not a good look for the Bengals. It's definitely not a good look for the Bengals. Uh, but with that said, they're still right there in their division. Um, I'm not sure what we can expect from the Bengals, especially when you look at how they performed against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, but when I'm thinking about Indianapolis, a guy that I, I feel for is Frank Gore. Now, he's a person that, you know, before I'm sure the dead trade line is either passed or it's approaching. I would love to see Frank Gore get out of Indianapolis and go somewhere where, where he's playing with a contender because Frank Gore for years, in my opinion, has been a top five back mm -hmm. in the National Football League. 
and to see him, especially towards the, the end of his career, playing for a team that's just not going to compete at all. I mean, it looked good when he first came there. You know, you brought in Johnson, you brought in Frank Gore, you have Andrew Luck. You think that you can, you know, you're going to make, you, you, you're actually going to put your franchise in a position where, where they can be successful. But that hasn't happened. I would love to see Frank Gore get out of Indianapolis because he's a back that that the NFL should be talking about. This man has 16 carries for 82 yards, Joe. That's a good, solid game. As it seems like somewhere when they were bringing in all these pieces, they forgot to bring an offense alignment because the Colts are out there just getting beat up and, yeah. and, and whatever. Andy Dalton, I, I, I often talk about Matt Ryan and how many weapons he has and not doing anything. And that argument, and even higher up that argument, is I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who's done less with more than Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? A.J. Green is... is it's talented receivers there is in the NFL. Okay, he's as good as anyone. He's as good as Will Jones. He's as good as he's as good as any of them. Uh-huh. Um, you have Mixon and like they have three running backs. Uh-huh. Giovanni Bernard is a weapon. He's I like Bernard especially in open field. He, he's a really good player. You got Mixon in the first round. You got another running back. You got Jeremy Hill. You have they've had tight ends. They've had receivers. I mean, at one point in time they had three receivers over there. They had AJ Green, Sanu, and there's another name that's that's escaping me right now. Like they've had weapons and Andy Dalton. While his numbers look one way, which aren't even his numbers aren't even impressive. If you actually watch Andy Dalton play, it's very unimpressive. Yeah, I, you, I, there's really nothing I can say because, I mean, you said it. Like you can't think of a quarterback that's had more and has done less. Yes, it's not like he has a defense out there that's that's horrible. No, and for the past decade, the defense has been good to to above to you know from above average to good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they win all these regular season games every year. They win a division title here or there or whatever. Not. I mean, at one point in time, in a division with the Steelers and the Ravens, they, they ran right through it. Mm-hmm. And still, you know, no, I, I, Andy Dalton, to me, like I said, I don't think you can find a quarterback who's done less with more I don't than Andy think, Dalton. Um, the, the, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. The, the Dolphins fan. John Carlo. Uh, That's my man right there, John Carlo. Um First, get that you, John he's saying Marvin. He's saying Marvin Jones. I don't think that's the issue. I, I, to be honest with you, I think if you put another coach in there besides Marvin Jones over the years, the Bengals wouldn't even compete. Um, no, he's talking about a receiver. You're talking about Marvin Lewis. <clears throat> I'm thinking about Marvin Lewis. Okay, Marvin, Marvin Lewis, okay. Coach. When I see Marvin and I hear Bengals, right, thinking, right, right, right. Well, yeah, okay. You know what? I, I apologize for that. Um, but the Marvin Lewis thing, I told you. Though, I think at the end of the year they're going to end up moving on from him. I don't think they're going to move on from him. I, I, then I don't know. I, I, right now, I think. Been there, it's going to be something, something ridiculous, like 13, 14. It's, he's the longest tenure coach in the NFL, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, but do the question is, but I'm not saying I agree with that. I told yeah. you how I felt yeah. about the Andy Reid thing. Mm-hmm. But the NFL, for some reason, everybody has this birthright that they think that they're entitled to win the Super Bowl. And so it's like, you know, the Andy Reid thing, the Eagles. You've been here for 12 years, and you've been to the playoffs 12 times. We need more. Mm-hmm. You know, we, Marvin Lewis, he, the Bengals, who are the laughing they're the, they were the Clippers, they were the Browns, they were the laughing stock in the NFL. Marvin Lewis comes there, and let's just say, to throw the numbers out there, he's been there like 10, 11 years, he's been a playoff like 9 or 10 times. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to get rid of him, especially when when you were a bonehead play away from, uh, from I believe, making it to the AFC Championship. The the whole on the field yeah, thing, or on the field, field yeah. Joey Porter stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, when, when, when I forgot the linebacker who's just completely out of his mind out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Perfect. I'm not going to try to pronounce yeah, his name. Perfect. Uh, I mean, dude, that dude every year does like four different things that you're like, wow, this yeah. guy is crazy. 
And so, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with the Bengals. But with that said, um, you know, we're we're halfway through the season, and and I think that what you're about to start seeing now, uh, Coach Rathman used to always say this: the cream, the, the cream always rises to the top. And I think that we're in that transition phase right now, transition phase right now, where we're halfway through the mm -hmm. season, and I think that you're really going to start to see the the, the people, the whole pretender versus contender mm -hmm. thing. I think that that's just, that's going to. I start totally to agree, and I think every year. I, I, this, these next three weeks is where you find me because like I said we're going to sit down at the beginning of the year every year we say Dolphins three wins Jets four wins so and so five wins and then the Dolphins go three and oh and you're like oh you want to change your pick you want to change and then and everybody overreacts and listen we didn't say when they were going to get their three wins we didn't say when they were going to get their four wins so they're going to get five wins right? you know what I mean if they got three in, in September good for them but everybody overreacts every year there's some team that goes three and oh Two and zero, we say, "Wow, this is amazing!" Mm -hmm. But like you, and then there's some team on the other side is going to be whether it be sometimes it's Seattle, it's mm -hmm. the Bengals, it's, or Steelers. Oh, what's wrong? They're one and three. You know, maybe it's time to hit the panic button. Mm -hmm. And then you look up and they have eleven wins. They have 12. every year. It's what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What's wrong with Drew Brees? What's wrong with Tom Brady? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, they all have ten wins. Mm -hmm. And those t those teams that you jumped out there and they say, "Wow, you know, they they got off to a four and zero start. They're three and one, mm -hmm. and they're still they have three and one, and they're still finished the season." with six uh the six wins so i do agree within these next three years we will this next three weeks we're about to find out you know a lot of these teams that uh if your team is sitting there three and four you know you might look up in their five and four and say okay we got action mm -hmm. or they might look up and we're three and six and mm -hmm. it's time to start looking at next season already i, I definitely think right now we're about to find out yeah, and to, i'm but, sorry to uh, your point um I, I think you know you 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 mentioned about you know claiming somebody as being the next great thing. Mm -hmm. That's something that that all over. That just seems to be what we do in society. But I also think that the flip side of that is that we're so quick and people. When you're good for years, there's a multitude of people that's just waiting for you to fall. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what that's what happens when these teams start off slow starts. Oh, you know, even with the Patriots. Oh, this could be the end of the Patriots. Right. Have you paid attention for right. the last 17 years? What every year with the, the Patriots? Last four or five years they've been saying that. Yeah, even with Seattle for the last few years, yeah. Seattle's gotten off to slow starts. But if you actually pay attention to football and you watch the games, you will realize that this is just what Seattle does every single year. Mm -hmm. So I think that we spend a lot of time waiting. For for people who are successful, we, we, there's so much time spent wanting to be the first one to say, oh, I yep. called it, I called right, it. And I think that that's just where we are in society. That's where we are in sports is, is we want to be able to say that we were first to say this. So people told make these, told told you. You. So people make these outrageous claims right. just to be able to, to, to get some likes and some shares. And I, like I said before, I think that now is the time that, that we're about to start seeing. And you said, I believe, the next two or three weeks. I do believe in the next two or three weeks that some teams are going to start to really separate themselves. Absolutely. Um, Browns, excuse me. Uh, the Oh, skip one. The Chargers, Patriots. Um, just more <coughs> the same, right? The Patriots, you see today, for some reason, the, the big news cycle. Well, I guess one, because they traded away their backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, and now Tom Brady is the only uh, quarterback on the roster. whole lot going into Tom Brady wants to play the 45. Sounds crazy, but mm -hmm. I don't see anything that suggests two, three years easily, right? I mean, he's not playing in the era where, that Joe Montana and John Elway played where the quarterbacks were actually live. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's playing in an era where, you know, Lord forbid, if you go past a quarterback in a cold game and you 
you exhale and, and, and the fall <laughs> hits the quarterback, they're gonna hit you with a fifteen yard penalty in the fine. That's the area that's the area right. that he's playing in. But with that said, when you when you're playing in that in, 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 in New England system and when you're a quarterback and you can play in a system for as many years as you've played, you've played in as many big games as you've played in. And Tom Brady said it, I don't know if it was at the beginning of this season or during the summer, he said it, I've seen it all. Mm -hmm. Like there is nothing that you can bring at Tom Brady that he has not seen. And knowing how the Patriots game plan things, you gotta think right now, they're they're hurting at the offensive line right now. So you you have you know you have you know uh, the Patriots have played well for four or five years and then they have offensive line troubles and everybody wondering what's wrong with the Patriots and then they wind up in the Super Bowl. I think that's what's happening right now. Uh, but to your point, yeah, I believe Tom Brady can play until he's forty five. You're gonna at this point in his career, Tom Brady might get four to five good hits a season, mm -hmm. right? I mean four, and that's and that's. I think that's being generous and that there's that many. Like, mm -hmm. he goes weeks without even being touched. So, barring an offensive lineman rolling up into his knee mm -hmm. or, or something along them lines, he's not has to be mobile. So, I mean, he can't get any less mobile. So, that we're not worried about his legs. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like he was ever known for bombs away. So, we're, we're talking about, does he going to have the ability to read defenses? Mm -hmm. Yes. Make the right decision? Yes. And make strong 25 to 35-yard passes? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think he'll be able to do all of that for four to five years and stay healthy. Mm -hmm. you, you know, his game is not predicated on his offensive ability. Um, his running ability. His running ability. Is that what I said? His athletic ability. His running ability. Right. So, I, I don't see why. I mean, 45 is a number that sounds absurd, but mm -hmm. what he's doing, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do what he's doing right now for, for quite a long time. In that pot, in the same offense, with the same coach, running the exact same. Yes, I, I definitely think so. Um Chargers, Phillip Rivers, again, just at the end of the game, collapse. Uh, who knows? Um, moving on, Bears, Saints. Still waiting for that big Drew Brees. For, for my fantasy owners, I don't know if anybody out there you own Drew Brees. I've, I've given up on the. I don't. I don't think it's coming. The the, the big Drew Brees game. Um, the Saints are still winning. They're five and two, but this isn't the 40, 50 point a game uh, Drew Brees offense that we were expecting. Um, the Bears defense is good though. Yeah. The Bears defense is good. And did you see Trubisky's run? No, I didn't. I he didn't had a 50-yard run. I didn't know he could move like that. No. And then he was, uh, if you got the thing right there, you could just pull up the game, thing, uh, the, the highlights from the game. Um, I didn't realize Trubisky, he was leaving, uh, it was a linebacker or a, D, or a DN that was trying to keep up with him and, and he left him. I didn't, I didn't realize Trubisky could run like that. Um, the Bears defense is good. They got a running game. Um, they hung in there with the Saints. Um, I'm not saying the Bears are going to do anything this year, but their future might be okay over there in uh, over there in Chicago. Think about it this way: every franchise that John Fox has coached for, they have played in the Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, and um, those are two franchises that he's played for. With that said, if you're in the division with the Bears, you better get your act together because right now. They're building this team the way, if you're in a rebuilding situation, this is how I believe you rebuild your team. You make sure you have a strong defense, all right? You have a strong defense, you have strong special teams. You make sure you have a solid run game, all right? Make sure you have wide receivers in there, and then you're able to plug in your quarterback, all right? With that said, that's exactly what the Bears are doing right now. They have a strong defense, they have two dynamic running backs, and, and they're rebuilding from an offensive standpoint. So uh, the Bears, 
No, although they only, you know they put up twelve points, they held the Saints to twenty points. I believe the Saints, the game, the previous game before, I think it was against Detroit. The score was just ridiculous. Although you had two defensive touchdowns, I like where the Bears are headed. I really do like where the Bears are headed. The Saints, I'm happy to see where the Saints are. I had them winning the division um, coming into the season, um, and right now it seems like that that division is going to come down to them and Carolina. A lot was made about you know the departure of Adrian Peterson and him having that one great game. Don't look up now though, but uh, Mark Ingram is putting himself together another solid season. Yeah, I mean, at, at, at the halfway mark, he's got four hundred and fifty yards. He's got four touchdowns, averaging four and a, four and a half yards a carry. Um, you know, three weeks in a row, one hundred and fourteen, one hundred and five, and then this game, seventy five yards on eight. I mean, <coughs> the Saints are doing okay. The Saints are doing better than I thought they were. They got another team that I think they got. They started off zero and two. And we're looking down the barrel of 0-3, and then now you look up and they're on a five-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And um, and the and the Saints, excuse me, and the uh, Falcons and the Bucks are really, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So Saints, Saints doing okay. Um, moving on over to the Falcons and Jets. Um, again, just the Jets, the Falcons won a game that they supposed to win, which hasn't been the case a couple times this year already. So I guess you're happy for the in that regards that your Atlanta nothing. I guess you should just assume you're going to get a win. But that being said, um, another underwhelming performance by the Falcons. And when you watch, not to piggyback on, on what I was saying before, but I'm watching the game. I see Tevin Coleman. Dude's amazing. And then you just think about this Matt Ryan again. You got two running backs who are better than most teams. Tevin Coleman, their backup running back, is better than probably 15 starting running backs. Yeah. They have you have two starting running backs. <laughs> I mean, with Julio Jones. And with like I mean, weapons, 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 Matt Ryan and and I just I d I don't know. I You have a new offensive coordinator. Yeah. And people have to understand that what the Falcons did last year, you have to give Kyle Shanahan a tremendous amount of pre- I mean a tremendous amount of credit for mm-hmm. It's hard to replace. First of all, it's hard when you when you're a quarterback and you have as many offensive coordinators as as Matt Ryan's have. Regardless of how many weapons you have on your team, if you don't have an offensive coordinator in place that know that that you know your offensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator knows you, and and you all are able to build. Um, have some camaraderie, have a, you know, you all are on the same page. That's not what the Atlanta Falcons have right now. And I just think that um, Atlanta's just, you know, they're hanging on by a thread right now. That's they what are. they're doing. They're they hanging are. on. They're hanging on by a thread. Um, I saw part of this game. I thought that this was a good game. McCown looked pretty good. I don't know if you got a chance to see him. I like, I like McCown. He was my last year in Oakland. He was our quarterback. And and I he's a, and he's a quarterback. Yeah, he was he was, a, he was our quarterback. Right, right. I like him. He he's, he's a quarterback. This one, yeah, he's been around for a while. But he's <laughs> a quarterback that he he's scrappy. He's going to go out there and he's going to compete, and that's what you. He want. can move too, and he can move. I that's remember that. I, that never even, can move. I never yeah. even realized that that was the same account. You're exactly. I, I remember that in your last year in Oakland, and he could move. He could move, uh, and he was scrappy. He was, you know, obviously a guy who's had to earn his keep <laughs> everywhere. But I mean, that being said, I think at best he's a backup quarterback. Um, but yeah, moving on from that one, let's go over to the next game. San Francisco Eagles. Yeah, Eagles are a good team. 49ers aren't. I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. You know what, man? 49ers got a new quarterback today. 49ers got a new quarterback, which... I'm just going to say this. I think that the 49ers are better quarterback player away 
from having a significant better record than what they have right now. They have played in some very, very, very close games. Um, you know, you lose Navarro Bowman, so you're looking to replace him on defense. The 49ers just came up against the, the, the best team, you know, to me, the, the second best team in the NFC, and, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, Garoppolo out there. Absolutely. Up until, up until two weeks ago, you were 100% right as I look here. Seahawks 12-9, so that's a three-point loss. Rams 41-39, that's a two-point loss. Cardinals 18-15, that's a three-point loss. Colts 26-23, that's a three-point loss. Redskins two-point loss. Like those are so one, two, three, four, five losses in a row with none of them more than three points. And with terrible quarterback play, you have to remember Brian Hoyer was a quarterback most right. of the year. For the last two or three weeks, they've been going with the rookie. Um, and you could you could tell that he's young. He's making some mistakes. So it's going to be interesting to 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 see how Garoppolo does because if he does well down this stretch, excuse me, the Forty ers could play in some games that can be significant to other people. To good. other people, and, and when you're talking about the NFC, uh, when you're talking about the NFC picture, um, and also you got to look at the fact where if you're the NFL, what you do not want. Because they traded a second-round draft pick. What you do not want is for the 49ers to finish dead last <laughs> and have the first pick in the first round and the first pick in the, in, in the second round. Think about this scenario. The New England Patriots going to win the Super Bowl this year. You're going to give them the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round with Bill Belichick. That right there, could that could change. I mean, you talking about Tom Brady and getting him more weapons. Right. With those two back-to-back -back picks alone, along with the other draft picks that the Patriots have, I mean, they just that's just what Coach Belichick does. He just trades players that they're not going to retain, gets draft picks, and he moves those things around. The Eagles, um, you know, we talked about uh, the boy from Miami coming in there. Um, you know, we're just going to have to see. I don't think that he's going to start. If I'm the Eagles, I continue to go with the players that I have, and I bring in uh, a die or whatever his name is. I bring him in. I bring him in slowly because what I don't want to do is create a situation where where we're bringing in a guy and we're trying to get him involved in offense, and it just messes it shakes up, up shakes up yeah. things up. Right. Um, Panthers Bucks. Um, the Bucks. I'm almost going to call <clears throat> fool's gold trickery. Um, it's not gonna happen. Uh, like it's not. Um, I don't. The sum's not equal in the total of the parts. Uh, all the things you want to say, and I think from here, I think it's gonna. It's only gonna get worse and get and get uh and get ugly. The Bucks are the third worst team in the NFC, and a lot of people had them uh, winning their division and actually uh, competing. Uh, possibly for for a Super Bowl. Um, when you look at Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Muscle Hamsters back, uh, you look at what that defense was doing before they got Chris pa Chris Baker. Now you bring in Chris Baker. Um, I'm gonna go back to it. I told you before. When this thing starts to spiral out of control, it's just going to spiral out of control, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be done. And that's exactly what it is. The Bucks season to me is over. I know we're halfway through. But it's over for them. The Carolina Panthers are starting to look like the Carolina Panthers of old. The New Orleans Saints are starting to, are, are at the top of the division on a five-game win streak. And like you said, Drew Brees hasn't even been Drew Brees. But you also have to look at this. 
Drew Brees has had a running back that he could turn around and hand the ball off to that's being productive, which means you don't have to put all of the onuses on Drew Brees. So I, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think that, I mean, their season is over. It's over I, for them. I no argument here. I, un, unfortunately, as I see, I mean, losing games, like, if you want to be competitive in this division, you have to win your home games against the division opponents. Mm -hmm. And again, three points. Mm -hmm. You can't put up three points. Yeah, you know what? Un unfortunately for the Bucks, they have had some field goal uh, kickers. Yes, they did. At the, and, the, at the beginning of the season. And you remember, I told you in that Patriots game, I told you, I'm not sure we bounced back from that. When, you know, you have yeah. the, the Patriots. I said going into that game, I felt like it was going to be a Super Bowl environment in terms of this Thursday night primetime game. You got the defending uh, Super Bowl champs coming in. You know, they're, they're the old, they're the, they're the, the benchmark. This is your young up-and-coming. This is where you prove who you guys are. And you play them too well enough to win mm -hmm. and then get three or four missed field goals and lose by a field goal. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it's got ugly. It, it hasn't been, like I said, that Cardinals game, forget what that right. They were down 31 nothing before the game started. Mm -hmm. You lose to the Bills. And then the Panthers, I mean, three points. We haven't won the game since then. Since the field goal kicker missed all those field goals, we haven't won the game since then. And now we're going to the Saints. Yeah, but I'm looking at I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks coming into the season, and I'm saying that you shouldn't even be in games that close with the weapons that you have in the defense coming into the season. Mm -hmm. You look at the Bucks on paper. I'm saying to myself that that these games shouldn't even be that close, but they are, and the Bucks are losing, and and I think it goes back, you know. Who is your leader? Do you have a leader that can bring you through these tough situations? And I think that that's a lot to ask of Jamin. Of, of, I think that's a lot to ask from Winston. I think that's, that's a whole lot to ask for him with the personalities that they have in that locker room. You already you already had during training camp with Deshaun Jackson. Hey, you know. Don't forget about me. Don't forget the, about me, this, that, and the third. When you're doing stuff like that and you're new to a situation, already what you've just, what you've just done... In my opinion, what Deshaun Jackson did was he pretty much just, I can't find the right word, but if you have a reputation coming into a team and then you show up and then it's all about you, right. it's all about you, then now people are going to look at you like, dang, you know, this was right. Like, this is just yeah, how he and, and the maturity level of that, though, because that's what Deshaun, I was very proud of the way Jameis yeah. handled that. Mm -hmm. Because Jameis, here's Deshaun Jackson, who's a vet. It's the Pro Bowler, well-known name, and you're a second or third-year quarterback. It's easy for him to say, no, no, I got you, I got you. You know, and he checked him on it. He mm -hmm. checked me. He said, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, I know Mike Evans, your boy. Yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. And he earned that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the same. Well, then you should earn it, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was some maturity beyond his years to say, hey, like, nah, you like that, but don't get it twisted. Like, mm -hmm. you're not just going to talk to me and tell me what I'm going to do. And, 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 you know, like, and, and, and that, that's it's those little things. That I was proud of Jameis. That it was like, you know, I think this guy is wise beyond his years. I'm not throwing in the towel on him for his career, but I do think this season is done. <coughs> yeah. I do think this season is yeah. done. Um, and one of the best games you've seen in a long time, the Texans Seahawks. Jeez. Those two teams were going at it. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a bad boy. Russell Wilson, when Russell Wilson is on, he's as good as anybody, man. Hey, man. The Russell Wilson show when it's rolling is... That dude's as good as anybody, I think, who ever played a game outside the pocket when he gets to throwing that ball on the run and making plays. Um, he's not on every week, but when he's on, he's good. Yo. I, His ability to extend plays and make passes outside the pocket, mm -hmm. uh, amazing. And this Deshaun Watson kid, if he, I think he's already, well, we just had a conversation about mastering your first, your 100 and 200 level classes. I think he's done that. Mm -hmm. I think it's now 
now we're going to see what you can do when you get to that next level. So I, I'm not going to crown Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, but I can tell you one thing. He's all the hell of a start of a career. I think he's got all the tools, and I do think he is something special. I, you know what? I agree with you. I, I think that he's something special, and I think that this is one of those situations where, excuse me, where you know he's having a good rookie season. And we always said it. We, uh, people said about that Prescott is that after mm -hmm. that first year when people start to get film on you, um, now things are going to be a little different. There's no film that you can watch that you can come up with a game plan to 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 stop what he does with his feet. I mean, when you got your guys and they're on him, they got him wrapped up. You got him. You got you pretty much have a set pocket. You have him squeezed in, but then he's able to make this. He's able to just he's able to do things with his feet. But it's not just that he's doing things with his feet. He's doing things with his feet, and he's still looking downfield, being able to make plays downfield. That's what you want. That's something that you're. That I know for myself, I'm not used to seeing a young quarterback who is a who who, who can run the ball. You're not used to seeing them. You talked about Russell Wilson. That's what Russell Wilson does a great job of. Using his feet to pick up yards and using his feet to escape, expand a play, and then make a play downfield. And you got and 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 you know Hopkins loves Watson. Mm -hmm. You know since he's been there, I mean it's almost kind of like uh, was it Andre Johnson? I would believe his name who had who had Carr. Mm -hmm. Hopkins didn't have quarterbacks in at all at all. Now he has a quarterback in there that hey this this kid can make some plays. With that said. The reason I say that the Eagles are the second best team in the National Football in, in the NFC is because I think the Seahawks are the best team, and in, in, I think the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC. And nobody, nobody saw the Houston Texans scoring 38 points against this defense. So uh, shout out to you know shout out to the Houston Texans for what they're doing, uh, especially in a division where that division pretty much is 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 wide the heck open. Any thoughts on what that Texans owner came out and said this week? No, I heard, I heard I heard something about it. I really don't. What did he say? Um, that we can't have the inmates running the prison. Yeah, I think it's just a poor choice of words. You know, especially with when you talk about police brutality, when you're talking about um, you know institutionalized slavery and things of that nature, and when you look at the prison system and and how many African Americans are locked up within the prison system. When you look at the National Football League and how many African American players you have in the National Football League, and then to put all of those things that everything that's going on with Kaepernick, police brutality, uh, the injustices that's going on, um, the president, you know, the president, all these different things, for you to say that, um, you know, I kind of see, I guess, the metaphor that he was using or trying to use. Right. But it's just something that you. Poor choice. I just think that it was a, it was just a poor, poor choice. Take us take take me into the I agree with all of that. Take me into the locker room though when because Hopkins left the facility and said it was up to like ten different players left the facility after they came out. Uh one of one of their um offensive linemen came out and he spoke publicly and he was something who's also traded today, ironically. I think not. Um when you hear that, that boss just called us inmates and called this a prison. Um, and, and star players are like, man, I'm sick of this. You know, I, I don't even want to work for this dude. Da da da. da. In that locker room, what, what's going on? It's football season. It's football season. Are you not going? Are you going to not play? You're going to play. All right, you're going to play. So with that said, the only thing you can do is wake up, go to work, go out there and play. I mean, I think that right there. Mm -hmm. 
in my opinion, I think it, bring, it brings the players closer. I really do think it brings the players closer because now what's happening is you can't run from that. You can't hide from that. You can't hide from those statements. And and as a player, yeah, I may not like what the owner said, but at the end of the day, it's very simple. Quit or go to work. And that's and that's the unfortunate position that the players are put in is that you I mean that's just the reality. You can either quit um, you know, you can take a knee, you can do all these different things, but at the end of the day, when Sunday, Monday, or Thursday rolls around, there's a football game to be played. Mm -hmm. And so what you have to do is go into your meetings and you got to push all that other stuff aside because you know that regardless of what is said, you're still going to go out there and play a football game. Cowboys, Redskins, the marquee game of the year around here. Um, Redskins, if we, we want to call the Buck seasons done, stick a fork in it. I can use that same fork and put it in the Redskins. Um... I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think that if you can get, I don't. I don't know how much Rashard Breeland would have changed the outcome. Really, I don't think that he would have changed the outcome at all. But I think the thing that saves the Redskins season is what's happening with Ezekiel Elliott. I think if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't missed, if he wasn't going to miss six games, um, I, I think that that would hurt the Redskins season. But with that said, when you look around the rest of the NFC. Um, you know the Redskins. They get the, basically these next four wins is going. To, these next four games, it's pretty much going to say it for the Washington Redskins. Um, the Cowboys, they did what they had. They did what they were supposed to do. The Dallas Cowboys are all about. The Dallas Cowboys are all about um, running the ball downhill. Ezekiel Elliott, thirty-three carries, man. With that said, Des has been crying for the ball. Yes, he has. Okay, so now you're gonna get your opportunity. So if your team loses and your team doesn't have off, if your team loses games and it's because of offense, I'm putting it on Des Bryant because you wanted the ball. The 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 guy who pretty much your offense is centered around, which is Ezekiel Elliott, he's out the game now. So now what the Cowboys need is for Des to go out there and make plays. You want the ball, you want your opportunities. You know, I, I've ne I've never been a fan of constantly crying out for the ball when your team is winning. Isn't that what receivers do, though? I understand that that's what receivers do, but it comes a point in time where you just got to realize that you're hurting the team. You're showing that you are a you, 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 you guy. You understand he had two targets, he had two receptions. Just wait till your turn, dude. Just sit down and just wait for your time. And and that's what it comes down to because I guarantee you, he's not going to be doing he, You're not going to do that in New England and think that you're going to stay on the New England Patriots team. When you've been on, obviously, lots and lots of rock rooms and lots of time. Is it that, like... Let's say we finish the game and we win and you're happy and you're sitting at home and you're watching Sports Center here. Dez complaining. Are you, are you just saying, man, that's Dez. I know Dez personally. Mm -hmm. Or is it like, dude, shut up, man. We win it. We win it. Enough is enough. Like, so basically, if you're, if you're a Cowboys player in that locker room, pretty much, this is what I've been dealing with for, the, for my entire career with him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yo, we're winning. The Eagles right now are dominating our division. All right, maybe some of it could have had it could have had something to do with the fact that 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 Josh Norman was out there, and you know about the whole Josh Norman and Des Bryant thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. But at, at the end of the day, it's it's just too much. Like you know, in his first couple of years, fine, I understand that. But but now you're 28. You're old enough to know better than that. Come on, and dude. You're a veteran. Come on, dude. But like I said, you gonna get your opportunity now. 
So as far as I'm concerned, if the Dallas Cowboys don't put up a lot of points from an <laughs> offensive standpoint, that is all on Dez because now, now your offense is out for six games. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see more of that Prescott. And, and people forget, and, and I have to go back and, and check on this, but is, is McFadden still a part of that yeah. team? Yeah, they bring in Alpha Morris and McFadden. You bring in Alpha Morris and McFadden. So, yes, you lose. This is what you lose. You lose your combination back. All right? Your workhorse. You have Alpha Morris, who's going to come in on first and second down. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have Darren McFadden, who's going to now be your third down back, who I think is equally as dangerous out of the backfield as Ezekiel Elliott. So if you're looking at the Cowboys and saying that, hey, you know, you lose that, you lose Ezekiel, you have to remember that that offensive line <clears throat> um, in the last few weeks has been opening up holes. Mm -hmm. The offensive line is still a, a, a top-notch offensive line. And now what you're going to start to see is you're going to start to see the Dallas Cowboys now going to throw the ball more. You're going to have to throw the ball more. And, and as far as I'm concerned, the Dallas Cowboys' next six weeks are all on Des Bryant's shoulders. On the other side of the ball, the Redskins, it looks like, okay, we, we in offseason, we were expecting things from um, from Terrell Pryor. Hasn't happened. Jordan Reed is your best player. Hasn't happened. The running game, Rob, Fat Rob is going to be your starting running back, and you were hoping to get the running back is doing the running back situation is doing down to nothing. Uh, you were hoping, you know, Crowder was going to pick up where he left off last year. He had a good game this year, but other than that, I mean this week, but other than that, he's been silent. Dobson uh, had flashes here and there. But overall, hasn't happened. Kirk Cousins, we'll just call this a mediocre experiment so far. Um, if I'm the Redskins, I'm not sure what you're excited about. Josh Norman's been hurt. Um, I'm not sure what you're looking at. Um, I we were talking before the game. You go down, you need, uh, excuse me, you're down one score with 90 seconds. You need to go to the length of the field with no timeouts. And the first play that you guys design up is a pass to the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. The next play takes over 20 seconds before you run. I'm asking myself, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. what, what, what's going on here? You know, like, it, no game comes down to one play, but it, it's kind of indicative of what, what are we doing here? What, do, what we don't have, do we not, we don't have any weapons. We need to go down the field, we need to go to the left of the field in less than a minute, and we're drawing up screens to the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. That just lets me know, we have a streak right in Terrell Fire, but we obviously have zero faith in him anymore, right? You, you know, uh, Jordan Reed, the team has essentially been built around Jordan Reed, which was probably a mistake. Mm -hmm. It was easy to fall in love with his talent, yeah. obviously, but you knew that Jordan Reed was going to be hurt. That's you, you don't need a crystal ball to know that Jordan Reed was going to be hurt. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? So it can't be, oh, we built the offense around Jordan Reed and he's hurt. Um, you know, wow, we didn't see that coming. Well, that would make you an idiot. You, you know what I mean? If you didn't see that coming, that's poor planning. That, that, that's what that called. That's that's not having an umbrella in Seattle. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I oh, it was raining. We weren't expecting that. Well, why? It rains every day in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So so for you not to be raining, that, that makes that unacceptable. And as I look at the Redskins, nothing is panned out the way you they would have thought it had been. It's a lot of disappointment. But I feel like a lot of those plans were poor plans. You know, like you said, I feel like you, you expected it from Terrell Pryor. But like you said, that might not have been such a good idea. You know, you overpaid for Terrell Pryor. Um, you know... You let go of all those receivers, and you, you know you thought that that was going to make it all up with Terrell Pryor, and you thought Dobson. Dobson has shown flashes at best, and that's being friendly. And again this year, he's shown flashes at best, and that's being friendly. So it's like Dobson's pretty much doing more of what the same. And I don't know if you thought Crowder was going to sustain what he did last year. He had a good year mm -hmm. as a third receiver. And now he's arguably the best receiver on the team. So, you know, I, I feel like it was bad. 
planning on the Redskins, mm -hmm. and it's all coming together the way it should have. Yeah. Um, I've always said I think that from an offensive standpoint, that this, this, this team was poorly built. You do not have a blocking tight end on your team, and you do not have a fullback. So now you're in the situations where if you go with 21 personnel where you have two backs, one tight end, you're actually in 12 personnel where you have one back and two tight ends because you have your tight end playing fullback. So I just think that the team overall was just from an offensive standpoint was poorly built. I like the screen call because you're getting the ball to your best player. Your best offensive player and your best weapon is Chris Thompson. So I like running the screen, trying to get him the ball because the screens have been very successful. With that said, Kurt missed some throws out there. I don't care if it's a wet ball or not. There were some throws that were missed. Now, with that said, we don't necessarily know if that was all if all of those throws were on Kurt. We don't know if the wide receivers weren't getting out of their routes and coming downhill, things of that nature. Um, you know, for the Redskins fans, you know, I've, as a running back, I've never liked having a tight end as my lead blocker, especially on goal line situations. You have a pass-catching wide receiver lined up as your fullback on goal line. And that concussion that he settled, that was all on Niles Paul. That was his fault. But... You, first of all, you just don't block that. You don't block that way. You are never taught as a blocker, especially a lead blocker, that a man is coming on head on like this, like you are, to turn your head, close your eyes, and then give him the side of your helmet. That's just not what you're taught. And if you go and if you go and you watch the play, um, and, and, and I'm saying that that part, as far as how Niles Paul got hurt, I'm saying that's on him. Because because you just don't do that. You don't expose your decal on one of the best linebackers in the National Football on a goal line situation where the call is going downhill. The way you take that block on is you hit him with your shoulder. All right. You never turn your head this way and expose your head. When I was running the ball and I knew that contact was coming, I was always nice and tight. So any hit that I took in the head. It was more coming here and here. I can let my head, once I hit, I can go with the hit. But when you turn and you expose that decal and somebody puts their helmet to the side of your helmet, you're going to be concussed all the way across the board. Even as running backs, they tell you, when you go to lower your shoulders, you don't go lower your shoulders and then turn and expose your head that way. But with that said, he's a pass-catching tight end. tight end put in a fullback's position. So the Redskins, from an offensive standpoint, this was just a poorly built team uh, from an offense, from just from an offense. You got Rob Kelly as your running back. You had a, a as your starter. You have uh, P. Ryan as, as as your rookie who you just drafted. Um, you let Mac Brown go, uh, and then you have Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson, to me, is he is their best weapon. He is their go-to. He is right now. Chris Thompson is their best ball carrier. With that said, though. Um, I'm still not counting the Redskins out of it yet because of what's taking place with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to take the Redskins out of it. When I look at this Cowboys game, the Redskins' first round draft pick to me, he was drafted for this game right here. He's supposed to be the big guy that's in the middle that's supposed to be able to shut all of this down. He didn't play in this game. Um, with that said, thinking about the Redskins moving forward, it's just going to be interesting to, to, to see how things how, how things go. As far as I'm concerned, 
I know that I said that offensively that you didn't give Kirk Cousins a lot of weapons, but when you want Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady type money, then you're going to be expected mm -hmm. to overcome these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it comes down to. Last year, I felt like you were over and over uh, <clears throat> over excited about the Redskins and their expectations, and you had some ridiculous win total. And this year, you came into the exact opposite, and I feel and I feel like you were 100% accurate this year. And now you're saying you're not giving up on them yet. You gave up. You, I feel like they're doing exactly what you said. They said they were going to do at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, you said I, I want to say the number was like six or seven. So mm -hmm. you, you expected to be around six or seven. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel like they're going to end up. Is it around six or seven? Mm -hmm. um, you. This is not new. Uh, analyzing from you. You've been saying from day one you don't like the no fullbacks and no blocking tight ends. This is not new. You said this on the preview show before the season started. You said you didn't like the way the team was put together. You said you didn't think you thought they overpaid for 12 pro None of the things that you're saying today, you said all of them in the beginning of the year and they're all come to fruition which is why I said I feel like it is poor planning. You, you know what I mean? It's the, oh I built my house in Key West and I didn't know a hurricane was coming. Like That's what happens in Key West. Hurricanes come. <coughs> You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I got a house in Buffalo and I didn't buy a show snuffle. That's what happens. It snows in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens is Jordan Reed gets hurt. That, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Terrell Pryor, like you said, is a quarterback learning to play receiver and he's struggling. That's what happens when quarterbacks switch to play receivers. They struggle. You know, mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is learning, is working with new pieces every week and it's not gelling. So that's what happens when you work with new pieces every week. You struggle. So all these things that are happening, you didn't need a crystal ball to see happening. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that that's the reason I feel like the Redskins season is over because it's a whole bunch of yeah, saw that coming. Yeah, so today today's Tuesday, and they've already ruled out Jordan Reed for this week's game. I would, uh, to be honest with you, uh, this is just how I feel. I don't know what Jordan Reed, um, I don't know what his contract is looking like, but if and I'm I'm sure that what I'm about to say that there're going to be a lot of people who are saying that you know. Dude, you're tripping. I would sit Jordan Reed. I would put Jordan Reed on IR for the remainder of the season. But here's my problem with that. It's not a rest up and get healthy, young fella, and come back next year. He'll get hurt next year, too, though. No, but the, the reason that I'm saying I would bench him is because he never fully healed. No, he didn't. He never fully healed. So I would use the remainder of this season to allow him to rest, heal, and I want him to bulk up, even if it means that I lose. Either move him to wide receiver mm -hmm. and tell him to lose weight, or if you're going to keep him at tight end, use the remainder of this season, use all of off season to basically rebuild his entire body. body. Yeah. If you're going to leave him at tight end, let him get healthy. Make sure that he comes in heavier and a lot thicker so that he can handle these hits. Because what happens is when he gets the ball, you know, he's a solid runner. You know, he's a guy that when he gets the ball in his, in his hands, he's going to run. He's going to try to run people over. But his body is just not built for that. I would put Jordan Reed on. I'm, I'm talking about for the sake of his career. Mm -hmm. Put the man on IR. Because what you put him on IR, now you allow Vernon to go out there and ball. Vernon is, Vernon is balling. And Vernon yes, has yes, shown throughout yes, his yes. career that yes, he yes. can handle the load. Now you also use this opportunity to go out and try to find yourself a big fullback. I mean, try to find yourself another tight end. Um, and, and, and again, I said that the reason that I'm not saying, the reason that I'm saying Tampa's done, and I'm not saying, I'm saying that the Redskins aren't done, is because of what's happening with Ezekiel Elliott. And I think and the Redskins and the Cowboys are going to play again. I fully expect the Redskins to get blown out 
by the Seattle <laughs> Seahawks. Right. But when you look at the remainder of the Redskins schedule, I think that it's a schedule that, that they can they can get some wins, but they have to get critical wins against I believe the Minnesota Vikings, the New Orleans Saints. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they play Detroit. If I, I could be wrong about that, but I'm not saying that it's over with because you still have Chris Thompson, you still have Crowder. While while Dotson is seeming to be a bust, this is really just his first year playing football. So I would anticipate that he's going to get better. Um, and you have to think about it; he's going to be your go-to receiver now. And with all of these injuries, for me, it's going to be interesting. And I said this coming into the season. The Redskins offense is going to be all about Jay Gruden's play call. Steelers-Lions. Good game. Two good teams. Mm -hmm. Close game. Um, Steelers get a get a tough road uh, victory. 4-1 on the road now. Martavis um, Bryant talked his way into a one-game suspension. And while he was suspended for his one game, he watched the guy who replaced him have a career <laughs> day. Why you sitting on the sidelines in the street clothes? Um, that's not that's not, that, that's not that's not that falls under the poor planning. Uh, that 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 definitely falls under the whole poor planning situation. Um, you know, this was a good game. I mean, this to me, these are this this is two playoff teams. Right mm -hmm. here. Um, this this was a good game. Matthew Stafford, twenty seven for forty five, four twenty three, no touchdowns, no. Touchdown! Just throwing the ball up and down the field, man. I mean, that really hurts. With that said, the play that really broke Detroit's back was, I think, was that 96-yard seam route mm -hmm. right down the middle. The play mm -hmm. before Big Ben missed it to his tight end, I believe. Came back, ran the same play again. I think they wound up switching uh, to the tight end and the wide receiver who caught the ball. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is just a hard-nosed team. That's what they are. Le'Veon Bell, 25 carries for 76 yards. Um, Antonio Brown had his five receptions. Uh, to me, you know, this was just a good game, man. It was just a good game. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-2. and two. Detroit Lions are 3-4. and four. You have to believe that with Aaron Rodgers being out right now, that Detroit um, is really just trying to keep pace with the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Right. The Detroit running game situation scares me a little in that they had – I, we couldn't. We sat here and we counted, and it was like seven or eight carries from the one or two yard line, and they're trying all kinds of guys, and nobody's even getting back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, the thing is, you have Abdullah, who's a small back, but yet <coughs> still isn't your receiving back or your pass receiver, your, your pass catch, which is really odd. You know, most times if you have a guy of Abdullah's stature, they're your pass catching back, but so he's not their goal line back, mm -hmm. and he's not their pass catching back, so he's kind of just there as a weapon. Yet, Theoretic, who's your pass catching back, you don't run with him at all. And then, th then they bring in this guy, Washington, on the goal line, and he can't get in to save his life. Yeah. You know, so you're watching that, and that's how you end up with 45 passing attempts from uh, Matthew Stafford. And again, I don't have to tell you, but one-dimensional, when you become one-dimensional, you're just making it that much easier for the uh, for the defense. Mm -hmm. And and I think that there lies the problem with uh, Detroit. In order for Detroit, they're gonna have to find some balance um, with running game. And you know, the, I, I don't really ever recall a running back situation that was built like that. You know, to, you normally have one either a bell cow or you have a pass catcher and a downhill runner, and they just kind of seem to have guys. You know what I mean? Like that don't have defined roles, which is which is a, which is a little bit um. I, Again, if Minnesota, because Minnesota is in flux with the quarterback position and injury, that gives Detroit uh, hope. Um, Aaron Rodgers out, that gives Detroit hope. 
Um, the division that the division is open because I'm not going to sit here and say you believe oh Minnesota's got that on lock. You, you don't want to say that, mm-hmm. but um, this this is a true true good game. Two excuse me, good teams playing in a good game. Now, you know, you said that Detroit. You know, now Detroit is struggling run wise, right? Mm-hmm. Here's another team that does not have a fullback on their roster. You have to have a fullback. The, the, the thing is, and we were talking about it today, and it's the reason that, um, you know, we were discussing why LeGarrette Blunt teams just consistently, every team that he's on, they, they no matter how well he's doing, they seem to go get another running back. It mm-hmm. just doesn't. In this NFL, the running back position, it, forget the fullback, they want their running back. They don't even care if they're running. Like, they would rather have, if I said, we got this running back right now who's great running downhill, <coughs> get you 1,000 yards, or we got this guy who's, you know, 205 pounds, and boy, can he catch the ball at the backfield. Mm-hmm. This one guy who can catch the ball at the backfield. Like, it, it's a copycat league, and that's what New England has done. He's, give me Deion Lewis, give me James White, give me this guy, give me this guy, give me that guy. So, not only are we not, so forget a fullback. Mm-hmm. They don't even want running backs anymore. They just want guys who can catch passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So, as you got to that and say, they don't even have use. Most of these teams don't even have use for a downhill runner anymore. Mm-hmm. They damn sure don't want a fullback, mm-hmm. you know, because it, all they want is people who can catch the ball out the backfield. Mm-hmm. So when you say, "Hey, I play fullback," and be like, "Can he catch?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because we can do some fullback screens with him. He's like, "Yeah, no, I just leave block." And it's like, "Yeah, we, we're, we're just not really into that anymore." Like, mm-hmm. we, all we want everybody to do is catch. We just want everybody to catch. You look at for years the Panthers wearing with Cam and two running backs. Right, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams did that for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. This year, they go in the first round, take a, a a running back who probably has ten more carries than I do on the season. Right? <laughs> Just think about that. You use the first round draft pick on a running back mm-hmm. who doesn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Where have you ever heard of that before? Like that's where we are. Yeah. That's where we are right now. You, you know what I mean? Is that so? When you say we're not even asking the running backs to run anymore, they. Damn sure ain't going to be any fullbacks on the team. You know, it's like it's like teams are saying we're not wasting a roster spot on an offensive player who can't catch. Check this out. So I'm look. I'm on NFL.com, right? Um, and I agree with you. Well, I agree with you on your points. Jacksonville Jaguars downhill running team. Dallas Cowboys downhill running team. Houston Texans downhill running team. Chicago Bears downhill running team. Philadelphia Eagles downhill running team. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, downhill running team with Todd Gurley. Baltimore Ravens, downhill running game. Buffalo Bills, downhill running game. They also have LaShawn McCoy. Tennessee Titans, downhill running team. Denver Broncos, downhill running team. Atlanta Falcons, downhill running team. Kansas City Chiefs, downhill running team. Minnesota Vikings, downhill running team. This is 1-13 through 13, um, as far as rushing in the National Football League. The top 13 teams are downhill running teams. Mm-hmm. And you want to know something that I guarantee that every last one of these teams have in common? They all have a fullback. Yeah. I will guarantee it. I don't even know the rosters, but I guarantee they have fullbacks. So <clears throat> if you don't have a big physical runner, you have to have a fullback if you're going to be respected as, as, as a runner. It's, again, it's a copycat league, and everybody says the Patriots are doing it. You know, the Nets, Patriots basically running with no fullback, no no anything, and no, they just they just no. go with the passing. Here's the thing about it, people don't understand. The New England Patriots have and have always had a fullback on their roster. And but and when does he play? November, oh, December, goal line, <laughs> right, right. short yardage, yes. and when they go with two right. back sets. But the majority of the time, what their their bread and butter is, is <coughs> James White's and Deion Lewis's and the other guy out the backfield, and, mm-hmm. and essentially... 
and 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 that's and that's where they're going to. I mean, we remember in our day when you was in the league, I would say, and I was watching uh, the fullback uh, Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, Lorenzo every Neal. team, ten teams in a row, ten different uh, thousand yard, uh, ten different running backs, all thousand yard back. Mm-hmm. You could follow that guy. Don't. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And that's what running backs where you hand the ball to them, you follow your fullback, <coughs> he follows a tackle, and you pick up yards. But again, it's it just like, I mean, Lorenzo Neal, we wouldn't even have a job right now. Yeah. In today's NFL, you know. Have, I mean? No, the thing is, a, a fullback like him, he would have a job. A fullback like Sam Gash would have a job. But what's happening is, is you know, college went to this whole spread thing, passing the ball sells tickets. Mm-hmm. Pass, ding, 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 ding. You know, passing the ball sells tickets. But at the end of the day, when you get to November, December, and you're playing in bad weather, if you don't have a run game. Then you're going to hurt the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys against the Washington Redskins. They ran the ball down the Redskins' throat. Yep, they did. So right. you have to, you have to, you, as much as you want to pass the ball, I understand that. But if you want to win, you need to have and, a fullback. And, and, and to connect the argument while we're talking about the fullbacks, don't, they either don't have a fullback or whatever. The tight ends now are, they want Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. They, 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 you know, if no, long gone in those days, like, you know, we have that big. Tight end who stays in there and blocks, and he's actually an extra blocker, and he beats people. That's not sexy. That's not sexy. You want a tight end who's who runs a four three four four, and, and he can catch, and he can stretch the field, and he can do all of that. But can he block? No. He's <laughs> not. As a matter of fact, and trust me, the guy who works as hard as he does to run a four three and do all this, you know, he's, he's not going to stay in and block. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to spend all this time in the gym to sit here and block. Mm-hmm. That's not, and, and because it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Nobody's drafting the fantasy tight end who, you know what I mean? Like, they want to be involved in the passing game. But you got to get that combination guy. The Dallas Cowboys have that combination guy. The Philadelphia Eagles have that combination guy. The New England Patriots have that combination guy. The Seattle Seahawks have that combination guy. The Kansas City Chiefs have that combination mm-hmm. guy. The Pittsburgh Steelers have that combination guy. The, the Chargers have that combination guy. The Rams have that combination guy. Minnesota Vikings have that combination guy. Oakland Raiders have that combination guy. Washington Redskins have one type of tight end on their team. <laughs> right. And that is a tight end who's going to run fast and go out there and run routes. So I, I, I've been saying it and I've been preaching it all along. And it's not just because I played the running back position. It's just that I understand the importance of having a, a fullback on your team and having a blocking tight end on your team. If you're not going to have a fullback, you at least have to have a blocking tight end on mm-hmm. your team. What uh, You tell me what's more sexy, throwing the ball and losing or having a tight end on your team and winning? Yeah, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Uh, the Monday night game last night, um, Trevor Simeon is bad, dude. <coughs> Again, remember at the beginning of the year, we start off the beginning of the year, and Trevor Simeon has one, at least one, maybe two, Good games in a row. Mm-hmm. And everybody's saying, wow, you know, this Trevor Simeon kid, man, boy, it looks like they made the right choice. And, you know, the Broncos look like, who knew? I think after two games, he was the league MVP. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And I'm watching this game last night. This guy's throwing the ball all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, pa- passes are sailing over receivers' heads five yards out of bounds. And it's just like, dude, this guy's missing bad. Everything. You know, missing bad. Week one, if you go back and look at it, is, uh, Week one, a 94 quarterback rating. Week two, a 116 quarterback rating. And ever since then, the worlds have just fallen off. And the, boy, the guy just can't. And now they, uh, today, the coach is uh, fielding questions and saying that the quarterback position is wide open. They don't know maybe who, who's going to be starting uh, next week. Denver, I, I, their defense still looked good last night. The defense still looks good, but 
if you're not gonna if if you're not going to turn around and hand the ball off at least thirty times a game, if you're Denver, then in my opinion, you're you're really not trying to win. You're you're not trying to win. Lost three games in a row, and in those three games, they scored twenty nine points, ten points against a giant a winless Giants team, mm-hmm. zero points against the Chargers, and nineteen points against the Chiefs. That's not gonna cut it. And in those games, two interceptions, one interception, and three interceptions. Last night, not only did they have three interceptions, I think they had five total turnovers. The Broncos' defense is good enough to win. Yeah. They need to get that quarterback situation <laughs> under control. Yeah, and they also ran into a Kansas City team that was looking to get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, Andy Reid, he got his team playing well. Um, now, I mean, I didn't expect Golden, uh, excuse me, Denver to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and losing, there's worse things than losing in Kansas City on Monday night. When the team is coming off the two, like yes, that's fine, but that doesn't excuse bad football though. Yeah, I know, and five I turnovers. I agree. I, I agree with you on that. You got to look at this. Denver rushing the ball is ranked tenth in the NFL. So you got to run the ball, dude. And then last night they they baked a, a pretty much abandoned. I mean, thirty six passing attempts from Simeon. That's how you get three interceptions. That's how you get three interceptions, and that's how you lose the game. And I'm sitting here looking at the Broncos' schedule. Um, you know, looking at the Broncos' schedule coming up, you play Philly this week. Then you go to Philly. Then New England comes to you. You get a walk in the park against Cincinnati. You go to Oakland. You go to Miami. And then you have the Jets come to you. You play Indianapolis. You play Washington. And then you play Kansas City at the end of the year. Denver better figure it out. Because if Oakland gets their act together, then... You're going to be put in a position yeah. where you're going to have to pass the ball. You're going to be the odd man out. Team, so. You're going to be the odd man out. That's what's going to happen is that Denver will start it <coughs> off 3-0. and It's going to be the odd man out in this uh, in this scenario. Um, and then the backup quarterback is Brock Osweiler. I mean, Praxton Lynch, they drafted in the first round last year, has been injured, and uh, they say he's back healthy and waiting to see. But um, this team is just way too good. To, it, it, you know, one quarterback away. The defense is still good. Um, they're good enough. They're good enough. They just need better quarterback play. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are right now eleventh in the ACC. In the ACC. <laughs> See where my head is. Uh-huh. They're eleventh in the AFC, and they're behind the Cincinnati Bengals. They play the Miami Dolphins. So, as far as Denver's concerned, you're going to have to put together some wins because teams who are ahead of you, you actually play them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Denver Broncos uh, the remainder of the season. But you better hope that your defense continues to play well and that your defense can keep teams from, from, from getting big leagues. Because if they get, if I'm playing against the Denver Broncos, I'm saying I'm going to put eight in the box, I'm going to bring pressure, and I'm going to force you to beat me with the passing game, which the Broncos are showing outside of you know those first two games, uh, that they can't beat you with the pass. Let's get into these Week 9 predictions. Give you... The Thursday night game start off with Buffalo goes to the Jets. Give me Buffalo. Yeah, give me Buffalo. I like the way Buffalo's playing right now. Give me Buffalo. I do too. I do too. <coughs> um, Baltimore goes to Tennessee. I think Baltimore falls under one of those teams that I might have picked wrong every every single week this year. Uh, yeah. No I, idea what Baltimore is or isn't. I have to look at my fantasy. <laughs> what did you think about that hit on Flacco? It, it, it was illegal. It, it was. I mean, clearly, dude led with the helmet. Um, it, it was one of those things where I thought Flacco was getting ready to go shoulder first initially, um, but when I when I saw the hit, I mean, it was just illegal. You just can't. You just gotta let up off the quarterback. You can't lead in right. like that. 
and then and then you know hit spearing with the helmet. You 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 just can't do that. Yeah. And then when he's waking up and he's looking up and pointing to the sky, that's 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 not good, man. The quarterback gave himself up. Um, that's one of those situations where even if you go to hit him, you have to recognize the situation and just sacrifice your body. Throw yourself over top of him. Do something, but you, you just don't do that. I feel like he put himself in a position that you knew that was going to end badly in terms of the, the linebacker because, you know, yes, I do get the whole, we get the benefit of watching something so much in the game is fast. I get it, but you knew Flacco was, you know, like, I felt like you put yourself in that position. And when I say you, I'm not talking about Flacco. I'm talking about the linebacker mm-hmm. and that, Yo, if you dive in head first at a quarterback who's sliding, good things are not going to happen. You're not. I mean, you're not going to yeah, win that battle. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and then the worst thing happened is that his helmet. Fall, I mean, like that was the worst thing that could happen is that his helmet came off and you could actually see that he was looking. He thought he was Batman. You know what I mean? Like he was. He he didn't know what the hell was going on, and his helmet was off, and we got a full view of him having no clue what the hell was even going on. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here. I'm still trying to decide who I'm gonna go with. Tennessee is coming off of a bye. Tennessee is coming off of a bye. Um, for me, Tennessee is all about the health of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And 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 Murray. And Murray. But, I mean, I want to pick Tennessee. I have a hard time going with Baltimore this year. I do, too. Because you just have no idea what Baltimore <laughs> team <laughs> yep, is going to show up. And yep. Tennessee coming off of a bye. Um, Mariota should be good. Mariota should, should be good. Marco Murray should be good. Marco Murray should be good. I'm going to take um, Tennessee. I'm gonna go Baltimore. I'll give Baltimore another chance. I like that running back. I think his name is Collins, uh, number thirty-four. Whoever the Ravens has, he he's taking things to a whole nother level. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Baltimore on that one. Tampa Bay goes to New Orleans. I'm taking New Orleans. I'm taking New Orleans. Um, the Rams also coming off a of bye. Go to New York. Give me um, the Rams. Give me the Rams. Um, Denver goes to Philadelphia. Philly. Give me. Give me Philly. Yes, give me Philly. Um, Atlanta goes to Carolina. Carolina. Give me Carolina. Um, Cincinnati goes to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville. Um, Indianapolis goes to the Texans. 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 Um, Arizona goes to the 49ers. Let me go 49. Well, because Arizona doesn't have a quarterback. They, They don't. Give me Arizona. I'm going to go 49ers. I think 49ers get, uh, get their first win this week. They said Garoppolo's not going to play. If Garoppolo's going to play, maybe I'd go with that. But the quarterback play in San Fran has been awful. Give me Arizona. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I like 49ers in this game. They're coming off a bye, and they got a chance to, you know, they lost Carson Palmer. You got a bye week to figure things out and get things settled. Probably work in some more packages for AP. AP should be a little bit more familiar with the playbook. Give me Arizona. Um, Washington goes to Seattle. 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 Yes. Um, Kansas City goes to Dallas. No Zeke. Kansas City. Kansas City. Oakland goes to Miami. I tell you one thing: my Oakland loses this game. They they don't even need to get back on that plane because it's Sunday night. I'm gonna go Raiders. I go Raiders. I'm taking Raiders in that game. I'll go Raiders because they're a better football team. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go Raiders. I, w- I was thinking that Raiders coming across country yeah um, can hurt. But them. you know what? They're not. They're staying. They stayed in Florida. Oh, they stayed in Florida? They stayed oh, in Florida because, going to because they played, yeah. uh, what they played? They just played <coughs> this week on the East Coast. What were we just talking about? Who did they just play this week in the East Coast? Jeez, uh, we just talked about it. Yeah, for, we did. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, but they're on the East Coast. Who the hell did the Raiders just play? <laughs> why, why can we Unless not? you know how irrelevant they are right now. Um, um, I'm going to go Raiders. I take the Raiders. They play the Bills. They, they play, play the Bills. Yeah, I like the Raiders. 
Yeah, I take the Raiders. I feel like the Raiders are playing for their season. Yeah, I do too. I agree with you. You can't go on an East Coast road trip, road trip excuse me, and go 0-2. I, I, the Dolphins' offense, I'm sorry, the Dolphins' defense is playing well. They are. But if the Raiders have, you know, at any point the Raiders can explode. And I just think that if the Raiders get on top of the Dolphins, I don't think that the Dolphins have enough firepower to, to come back. Nope. Sure don't. Give me Oakland. And then Monday night, we get uh, Detroit at Green Bay. Give me Detroit. I'm going to go Green Bay. You're tripping. I'm, I'm going to go Green Bay in this game. I'm going to take Green Bay. I don't know what you see. That team is like that. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. And, and That's fine. We know Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. I know Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. I just I, I just feel like and I'm, I'm, I'm being Dusty Baker right now. I'm going off my gut. <laughs> and I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers right now. That is everything Anything you want to say Before we get out of here Um, That's about it If you all um, Are traveling in your cars On November 11th Check a look at the uh, University of Maryland schedule You can go to UMTurps.com I will be doing Play by play On ESPN 980 With uh, Johnny Holiday And Tim Strachan For the last two home games So if you get a chance uh, Check that out Any Redskins work This week coming up Uh, No Redskins work Coming up this week um, That I know of um, but okay. it is it is basketball season, and if you're not doing anything Friday night, go up to the Xfinity Center, November third. University of Maryland Women's Basketball Program will be playing an exhibition game. So, um, shout out to Brenda Freeze and, and the women's basketball team up at, up at uh, University of Maryland. Are they? Do they have preseason rankings? Um, I'm not, not sure, sure if those are out yet. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to catch the whole show, it is right there available on the Facebook Players Voice uh, page, also on the iTunes app and the TuneIn app, any Google Play, anywhere that you listen to any of your podcasts, just type in Players Voice The Barbershop and you can listen to the audio right there. Uh, just click subscribe so that way it's right there in all your podcasts and you can listen in the car, listen in the gym, listen on the phone, listen anywhere while you're doing anything. We appreciate all of you guys, John Carlo. Out there for the whole show. Appreciate it, Alvin, Shakif, uh, I'm sure there's uh, A1, rocking names out there. Uh, Coach Mitch, all these guys you've seen out there uh, tuning in and, and uh, contributing. We really appreciate it. And everybody, have a good week and happy Halloween. And uh, be safe out there. And we will see you all next week. Later.